Hey, Carm here. Welcome to the Town Hall Academy, episode 135, that no doubt will change your thinking as it relates to a new profit discipline and better cash management. My panel knows that cash is king in any business, and they've got some advice on being a better manager of it. We were used to having, like we talked about at the beginning of this, like one big pot of money. And so when we needed something, we'd just buy it and it was fine. But now when we have a expense account, the number is much smaller than the whole, obviously, because we're taking our profit, we're taking owner um, profit, we're taking tax money out of there. You have a smaller pot for your expenses. You think a little bit more. So it's just helped us as a leadership team, sit down and talk more about expenses before we just spend the money. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato here. So glad to welcome you to Academy Episode 135 and a Profit First Roundtable. Now, I guarantee that you'll start managing your cash better with just one listen. Hey, I want to thank Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their continued support of the Town Hall Academy. Now, think about how long some of your customers are keeping their vehicles. You know, industry stats are about 11 plus years. So Jasper is the first place to turn when their drivetrain fails. You know, a vehicle's drivetrain is a major purchase, and you know that. It should be trusted to a 100% associate-owned company for quality remanufactured products. And that's what they do best at Jasper. Keep customers happy so you can. Go to jasperengines.com for more information. Hey, you know passion and enthusiasm for our automotive industry runs through my veins, and now especially the service sector. Many loyal subscribers choose to listen during their commute. It's called Drive Time University. You can always put in the earbuds while on the elliptical, walking the dog, or just kicking back, enjoying nature with a favorite beverage and any other activity where you can invest in listening and learning new things. Hey, also go to the books page on the website to find all books mentioned on the podcast. You know, leaders are readers, and I want you to commit to reading or listening the books that are recommended by our podcast alumni. The book Profit First, that is the basis of today's discussion, is listed there. RemarkableResults.biz slash books. Hey, you can find the talking points in my guests' bios and links to their previous episodes at RemarkableResults.biz slash A135. Hey, now listen in on Daniel Bullman, owner with husband Brent in Highway 7 Service Center, Newell, Iowa. Kenny Wedow from Fine-Tuned Auto in Broomfield, Colorado. And Chris Cotton, certified profit first professional. He's from AutoFix SOS, a coaching company and a former shop owner. My team nailed the benefits of a strong and disciplined cash management system. Both the shop owners say that they are in a better place because of implementing Profit First. Now, as a quick example, Danielle and her husband, Brett, always plowed all their money back in their business. Hear what they're doing now, and as Danielle says, they're better for it. Even though Chris is, if you will, the quote-unquote coach implementer of Profit First, since he's a certified Profit First professional, uh, Danielle and Kenny have implemented, and they both have different outlooks on it and how it started and uh, some of their challenges and opportunities as we go. So I thought it would be great since I've heard from so many people that say Profit First has really been a great uh, strategy inside my business that we should talk about it. And and so, Danielle, let me, let me start off with you. 
one of the things you said to me is that you don't have to be financially unstable to bring profit first inside your business. Yes. That's something that I feel really passionate about. Brett and I have for the most part, taken good care of our finances. But for us, we did that really well at home, but we didn't have a budget or any accountability at the shop. We really enjoyed implementing Profit First. It's been working really well. We're going on a year coming up here, um, actually in September, of implementing Profit Profit First. And yeah, it's for everybody. Everyone can benefit from it, and it's only going to make the business better. So here's a great quote from Danielle, and I absolutely <laughs> love this quote. And and I uh, maybe this is should be the topic of the entire episode. She says, we're telling our money where it's going. <laughs> yes. Isn't that cool? I mean, so stop and think about it. We're telling our money where it's going. And uh, you're not just putting it in a big general fund. You're actually doing something with it. So tell us, what did it take uh, six months in, nine months in to realize that's what you were doing? Well, that's something that we did personally. We um have been through financial peace with Dave Ramsey and he used that in personal um, financing. And that's exactly what this is doing for us. Um, I love in Profit First, Mike uses the analogy of a tube of toothpaste. And he talks about how when the toothpaste is full, you put a big old glob on your toothbrush and you just, you don't think about it. But when you get down to the bottom of the toothpaste tube, you squeeze every last bit you can out of it. And so what Profit First does, it's actually called Parkinson's Law is how he came up with that analogy to go with it. But what Profit First does is it takes away the full tube of toothpaste and you're putting your money, mostly for us, it was the OPEX account. We made that smaller. So then we have to be more frugal about our spending and we squeeze every last bit out of that account versus having the huge account to take from. So I love that analogy. I don't remember like Parkinson's law. It's hard for me to remember that, but I can remember the analogy about the tube of toothpaste. So. I, I'm right now at the, uh, the bottom of my tube and I am making it stretch like no tomorrow. Okay, you get everyone. Creative. Yeah, I know. Here's the book. <laughs> Here's the book, and I encourage everyone to read it. Actually, go out and listen to an episode that I did with Mike uh, on Profit First. Uh, it was it was a fun episode to do. Uh, you know, here comes the profit and loss statement from the accountant who's living with you know G A A P, the General Accounting Applied Principles, whatever gap. That, that's what gap means. Here's the P and L. Look at, I made money. Oh, wow. We made money. The next question from the owner, right, Chris, is, well, where is it? Right. That's what happened to me when I had my shop. I, you know, made a hundred grand in profit my first year. And I'm like, hey, I want to, I want to withdraw this and wheel it around town in a wheelbarrow or take it home and roll around in it or something. And then I, it's, it's not there. It's just not there. And once you put the guardrail in place uh, and do these things, it's, it's actually there. It's amazing how quickly it'll build. Uh, I read the uh, same thing with Danielle. We did financial peace over 10 years ago personally, and just didn't seem like a workable thing in the business, but, but this is workable in the business. And after implementing it into mine, you know, I'm making personal dreams and goals happen for, for me and for my family. This winter, we're going to go to Ireland and Scotland for three weeks. Uh, and that's all profit first money out of the business. That's what it's allocated for. Excellent. Well, you know, eight out of 10 businesses fail from lack 
of profit. And uh, I think that's right from Mike's Profit First book as he's trying to set up the reason to follow this and look at it. Now, Kenny, um, you are a student of Chris, so let's make that as transparent as we possibly can, or not, not necessarily a student, but you're a client of his, which is, which is why you're here. We're actually going to see how well Chris is doing, okay, <laughs> by having you here. <laughs> yeah, he's helped me implement it. And so you started with seven accounts, right? Yes, yes, I have multiple accounts because I didn't follow it exactly as Mike does in the book. I set it up more for automotive to make it easier for me in the end, which made it very difficult to set up. But um, in the end, now it's it's very cut and dry. What are those seven accounts? Do you remember? Profit, debt repayment account. Um, I have a tax account to help pay for sales tax and taxes, um, operating expense. I have a parts account and a payroll account. And so that's all the, the accounts I have. And so I think if anyone's listening for the first time, they're saying, hmm, what are these accounts? Are these things on a sheet of paper somewhere? No, they're actual real checking accounts. And uh, every day I log in and I look at the numbers. Um, I have a spreadsheet and I kind of input the the number, the what was deposited that day. And then I divide it out for me based on the percentages that I've determined. And then I transfer the money into those accounts. There's the key and one of the secrets here, right, Danielle, is to have these separate accounts. Now, I think you, Kenny, had a little struggle with the bank on getting this going? Yeah, it was a huge struggle at first, um, you know, getting the bank on board to understand it and uh, get them to kind of go along with me because I have, um, you know, some accounts have checks, some accounts don't. Um, for example, my parts account, I have, it's a two signer check and I have my manager and one of my longest employees on it. So if I'm not here, they can sign checks only on the parts account. Um, I have three different debit cards depending on the accounts, but you know, there's a certain level of protection too. Um, for example, my payroll account has no checks, no debit card. So there's no way somebody could hack into that account unless they knew my checking account routing number. And the only person that knows that is the payroll company. You know, that level of protection is there. Any problem at the bank, Danielle, in getting this started? Just some funny looks when I walked in and said I wanted to open five more accounts. <laughs> um, but other than that, it was pretty easygoing. Um, unlike Kenny, I don't have checks and things like that coming out. So maybe that made it a little more simple for us. But yeah, it was good. It was just initially, they had no idea. They had never heard of Profit First. They didn't know what we were doing. Once I kind of explained what I wanted to do, same with my accountant, never heard of it, didn't know what I was doing. But once I explained it, it was pretty seamless. Okay, so you're into it a year, but you started off slow. Was that an important strategy to, to go easy? For me, um, it was. And he, he talks about, Mike talks about that in Profit First. I've only read the book. I do not have a coach, unfortunately, yet, Chris. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, in the book, he talks about what I do is like quarter by quarter, I change the percentages. So I've just been going at it slow. I calculated all the numbers. He gives you um, how to do that in the book at the very beginning and decided what I was going to start with for percentages. And then I've just changed them every quarter. So it's a slow process for me. I'm sure you could be um, maybe more risky and make higher percentages. But again, in the book, he doesn't recommend going all in because once you make the percentages that you're going to use, he doesn't want you to go backwards. Um, he wants you to go forward. So, One of Danielle's big benefits or gains to profit first, and, and I'm speaking for you, but I'd love you to you know fill in the blank here, was that they had challenges to cutting expenses, but it worked. So far, it's working. One of the big challenges for us was, like you said, cutting expenses. We were used to having, like we talked about at the beginning of this, like one big pot of money. And so when we needed something, we'd just buy it and 
it was fine. But now when we have a expense account, the number is much smaller than the whole, obviously, because we're taking our profit, we're taking owner um, profit, we're taking tax money out of there. Um, I have five accounts, but they're very similar to Kenny's. You have a smaller pot for your expenses. So in order to keep every quarter decreasing that percentage that I'm putting into expenses, you think a little bit more. You might research if you want a specialty tool a little bit more and really take the time to pick the right one. You may decide you don't really need a sixth loaner vehicle, that it's not really making you money, but it's convenient, things like that. So it's just helped us as a leadership team sit down and talk more about expenses before we just spend the money. So Chris, it really takes away the impulse sometimes to go out and and just say, buy it because you're not you're not living off of a big bucket of money. Well, yeah, and that goes back to what Danielle was saying earlier. She's she talks about toothpaste and so I've specialized profit first a little bit more for the repair industry. So I tell everybody it's that tuba RTV. You hand it to the mechanic and he's just like all over everything. And at the end of the tube, you know, he's there. So if you're Parts margin's not high enough and you don't have enough money in the parts account, guess what? You need to either charge more or figure out something. Same with the payroll and payroll expenses. Once you put those guardrails in place, then it holds you more accountable to what you've agreed to do. I got it. And those disciplines come from a spreadsheet that you can either create. I think you actually have one, Chris, and those allocated percentages. I mean, I think what we need to do is to break the code for everyone is that you take your revenue and you allocate it. And is it is it every day? Is it once a week? How's the allocation work, everyone? Some people do it differently. What he talks about is bringing in your deposits. So say at the end of the week, you take all your deposits, let them come in. And on Monday morning, you look at what you've got in your deposits in your bank account. And then you take that, always take out sales tax first. That money does not belong to you. Don't use it. Take out the sales tax first, put the rest of the money in the spreadsheet like I've helped with Kenny and it automatically does those allocations and you just move it over. And then once a week, 10, 20 minutes, it's done. And so you sign on to your uh, electronic banking, if you will, and you move the money. Correct. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it should be an easy process. Make it as easy for yourself as you can. Kenny, how long does it take you on Mondays or whatever day you do it to transfer all the money? Yeah. So I tend to do it every day right now, right before this call, I did it. It took all of maybe six minutes for me just to go through. And it just takes a second um, because every day or most days you get credit card deposits um, deposited in. And so I just go on my computer and, and put it in the spreadsheet. And then I said, okay, this goes in this account. And I just do all the deposits. And then we just did payroll this week. And I think we were within a hundred dollars of what we had in the account, you know, for the payroll, which is amazing, you know, because it's, we, we got it dialed in pretty good. So, um, you know, and same thing with sales tax and stuff like that. So we're getting it dialed in perfect. What a good feeling. And, you know, Chris, you said sales tax first, how many people get in trouble with the government because they're not paying attention? I would say it's ridiculous, but it's it's a troublesome thing. I have shops come to me all the time. Hey, Chris, I've been in business for 18 months and I never paid um, state and local sales tax. Now what do I do? I'm like, well, where's the money? It should be in an account. And they're like, oh, well, I spent it. I'm like, oh, buddy, you're in trouble. I mean, I can help you get out of this hole, but it's, you know, you've created it for yourself. Again, sales tax does not belong to you. It belongs to the government. It's a pass through, pass it through and move it along. I find it amazing to look over at that beautiful new tire changer over there and realize that that's my sales tax money and having something not, you know, logic, common sense arise and say, 
that was wrong. The discipline that you are sharing with us is that you've allocated money for equipment, for parts, for payroll, for government, for sales taxes, and you can't touch them accounts. If the account isn't funded according to the allocations that you set up to make sure they're funded, then you're running a really bad business. And so that's the next level. Once you start making these allocations, if you're short in one of the areas, then like labor, for instance, or payroll, you know, what's the solution to that? Is it um, better productivity techniques for the shop? Is it increasing the labor rate? Is the owner taking too much money out of it? Or is his brand new F-350 in that account? <laughs> you know, I, I've seen it all, but you know, this is the, this is the way to fix that. So uh, what I love about this, everyone, is that it exposes areas of, I don't know, weaknesses, challenges that you're not paying attention to certain things. And you're right. If there's not enough money out there, then it, you know, everyone says, well, let's do more car count. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the thing. So you could look at tons of KPIs, but at the end of the day, am I right, team? Cash rules? Yeah, 100%. I would argue that the seven accounts that we have set up for Kenny and the way we're setting it up, those are your critical KPIs. I mean, that's there. There are, you yeah. know, if you have levels, you have the final seven, but then you have all those that feed into it. But you can get a real good check on your business by looking basically at your bank account and having it yeah. set up properly. So, team, 50% of businesses fail within the first five years. Think back to your first, uh, first five years, uh, Kenny, uh, Danielle. Were you worried? So the first Christmas, I opened up in March of 2013 by myself. And the first Christmas was the toughest. Um, we came very close to closing down. It was just me at the time. And I was borrowing money and doing whatever I did to, to make it happen. And uh, and now we're you know six and a half years in and the shop's huge and I've got, I don't know, eight employees and, and it's just growing like crazy. But, but yeah, it was, uh, it was very close to closing down at one point. So like Chris said, he did um, financial peace around 10 years ago. That was the same for Brett and I. And so financially we've always kept track of our money and paid attention to expenses and things like this. Profit first has made it much easier. So we never had a moment, thankfully that we struggled to pay bills or things like that. One thing Profit First has done for us is we used to always pour all of our money back into our business. And I love how Chris said, you're going on a vacation. And you know, that's due to Profit First. Brett and I are starting to realize that too. We've worked so hard and we kept pouring all this money back into the business. Well, Profit First helps us allocate profit and money to pay us so we can enjoy things with our family and each other. And have some benefits of working so hard. And so that's the biggest change I've noticed from five years ago is having that extra money instead of spending it foolishly. Again, telling it where to go. Great testimonial. Wow. Part of the principle of the book, Danielle, is to pay bills twice a month. That was a change for you. Yes, it was. Um, I used to pay bills as they came in. So I was spending quite a bit of time each time I was at work, paying bills, taking care of all the business. Um, Now I just do it twice a month. So for me, what it looks like is I have five accounts set up, again, similar to Kenny's, and I allot that money just twice a month. So my one is an income account and all of our deposits, which we do deposits, deposits, daily. Um, All the deposits go into the income uh, account. And then twice a month, I allocate that money from the income account to my other accounts. So it saved a lot of time. I just do it twice a month and it takes 
maybe 30 minutes, an hour, because I also pay bills during that time so that they might pile up and that takes a little longer. But it's freed up a lot of my time, which that's the most important to me. Kenny, did you uh, did you go that direction? Uh, yes, I pay my bills twice a month, uh, 10th and the 25th, I think it is. And I have a, a bin that I kind of just stick all the bills in. And then on the 10th, I pull them out and just write, you know, pay them online or whatever that is out of my operating expense account, um, which already has the money in there. And it feels good to be able to, you know, kind of take care of all those on time and, and, and then, you know, pay them without, without hassle. You know, it's always been a stress point to me every month when I get a payroll that comes out at the same time as a uh, rent check or, you know, a check for the building. And, and it comes out at the same time and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of money. But now they're coming out of different accounts. And so now it's not a big deal anymore. Hey, Carm here with Russ Hayes. Hi, Russ. Hey, how you doing, Carm? How long have you been with Jasper? I've been with them for nine years, but I've been working with them for since uh, 87. Do you love Pistons? I love Pistons. Why do you love Pistons? I'm a hot rodder at heart, a mechanical engineer, drag race most of my life. And Pistons, really, and how they're sealing and, and what you can end up doing is an extremely important part of the engine. It makes so much in how it holds the rings and what rings you add to it and the advantages that you have. In the later model engines, uh, we have to redesign a lot of the pistons, and we do our own design, just to make them seal better and last longer. I'm looking around here. I see all kinds of pistons. Are these prototypes? No, they're actually some OEM with some failures, common failures, and then what, what our solutions are to them. In my life, I've uh, been responsible probably around 600 or so applications of pistons between about anything you can think about that has a piston. Your middle name is? Russ. Piston. Russ, the <laughs> professor. Thank you, Russ, a member of the 100% associate-owned company at jasperengines.com. Kenny, did you ever run out of money in the operating expense account? I have not yet. It's it's been been good. So that's the one that we're consistently kind of pulling a percent away from and putting it over to profit and things like that. You know, as we're fine tuning, no pun intended, fine tuning this uh, this situation. So, Chris, share me your experiences with the people that you've helped do this, and they've run out of money. And then is that where the coach shows up? Well, they run out of money, but I think most people they feel like they're out of control. You know, they lose control of their life. They've they lose control of their shop, and this really gives them. Uh, a piece of their shop that maybe they're having employee issues or, you know, the one bad customer that we remember out of 40, but they can, once they put this in place, they can control this and make this system work for them. And, you know, it gives, gives them the ability to see the success they can have in their business and then move it to other areas. So once you control this, it gives you control in other areas of your business as well. Accountability uh, to me is one of the largest parts of building a discipline with profit first. We hear so much about the value of coaches and consultants inside of our industry that finally someone is holding me accountable to run a better business at all, be it leadership and and profits and KPIs and, and, and everything that goes on in the business. And for this is the accountability to cash management. Can any of you speak to the fact that it has made you more accountable? 
with Kenny, he's expanded so rapidly that he's ready, you know, to add two more bays and hire more technicians. And there's been times where he's like, oh, I found a good deal on lifts or something like that. And he goes, but I don't want to spend the money. So now instead of, you know, the freewheeling shop owner, it's like, oh man, I don't know if I should do this or not. And then now people call me and they're like, Chris, I wanted to buy this, but um, I don't think I should. What do you think? And I'm like, well, what do you think I'm going to tell you? And they're like, oh, okay, I got it. And then hang up the phone. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the case. I mean, you definitely look at, you know, what you have in the account and you're like, well, wait a minute now. Now I don't have the money in the in the expense account and I have bills coming out. And you know what? We do need to wait a couple more months for this, that, or the other. Um, or, you know, like the payroll account, if, if there's not enough money in the payroll account, okay, then I need to look at the efficiencies and, you know, bonuses and things like that. So, um, you know, if we're slow, then everybody gets paid less and there always technically should be enough money in there. Kenny, are you putting money away for equipment investment or are you taking it from the op- OPEX account? So right now it's coming out of the operating expense account, but I've been thinking recently of having a, creating even another account for maybe equipment. And then I even, even just recently thought of the idea of creating another account for charitable contributions, uh, you know, things like that. Maybe even do like a half percent, um, you know, uh, and, and put it into an account. And then that's the money I kind of, you know, give back to the community because I'm big about that. So excellent. I love it. Okay, Chris, let's do a coaching session here. Kenny's picked up the phone. He has called you and said, Hey, I want to build an account for equipment investment and for chari- charitable things. W- are you okay with all that stuff? I'm more than okay with that. First of all, I want to make sure the easy part at this point is putting it into the bank, but, but now we have to figure out the allocation. Great. You, you have a hundred percent and that's all you get, you don't get like 105 or, or 120, you know, where does that money come from? So we have a hundred percent. So that's great. Did you want to do that? But are you willing to increase your labor rate to increase income? Are you going to pull that 1% from operating expenses? Are you going to, so the other thing too is one of the ones that we have with Kenny is, uh, is like a debt. So we're repaying some debt and some other things like that. So another question would be is like, okay, you want to do a percent to that and we're doing 3% to debt. How are we doing on the debt? Are we almost done with that? Right. We roll that over into the other a hundred percent is a hundred percent. I can't stress that enough. There's no, there's no extras. Perfectly said, actually, really. I mean, you only got 100% of anything, which is why I believe the accountability to this system is so perfect. Are you trying to accelerate that payment by, by having a separate account or are you trying to just protect it? I know for me, it's, um, it's about, you know, um, paying off equipment and stuff like that, that, you know, we have payments on. And so that kind of, kind of goes along the same lines as the profit account. So we put a percentage in there, um, every time I do an allocation. And then at the end of the quarter, I'm going to pull it out and take that big payment and put it towards, um, you know, some sort of piece of equipment or something like that to get paid off sooner. Oh, I see. And that's already allocated. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's to help kind of get rid of that payment, um, you know, kind of thing. So then that, prevents that from coming out of the operating expense, that payment in the future, which is where we come out of now. Got it. Makes sense. Danielle, accountability, has it really been a big factor in your, in, not only in your marriage and your family and your business? Yes, it has been good. For us with Profit First, the accountability for us has been, again, instead of the one big pot, you see exactly how much money is in each account. So, Maybe you didn't think you were buying or spending a lot on operating your business, but then when you see, because it's a separate account, so you can see all the transactions in and out, and you look at it, then you start to think, 
maybe I don't need to be spending more on, you know, such and such in the business, or maybe we can wait a couple months to get that next piece of equipment. And so it's helped us to be accountable there just to think things through more, less impulsive. So that's been good. And then also I did have my first um, overdraft charge when I started Profit First. I've never, ever um, had an overdraft charge from the bank. And with Profit First, our expense account got an overdraft because again, we just got so used to buying things when we needed it. And I thought, oh, we have enough money in there. We'll buy it. And so it's helped me be accountable because it's so easy to log into your bank account and just see the numbers, which I wasn't doing when I first started. But now I make it you know, something I do before I spend money, I log in and I look at the numbers, make sure that the money's there and then purchase things. So that's another form of accountability. And it's really simple. You're not looking through a huge budget. You're not pulling up all these reports. It's just a bank account. So that's been good for us for accountability. One of the things I like to do, Carmen, is when, whenever we're starting these accounts and shifting things over, we have our, our old income account and we're going to move, we're going to completely get rid of that one or do something we want to keep that like it is actually we'd want to get rid of it and start these other accounts but we want to call the bank and be like look i'm going to let this bank go to zero and i don't want you to pay anything over that because what we want to do is all the vendors that we have auto drafting our bank and just sucking our money and our life out of us just because <laughs> we want them to actually have to physically call the shop and be like, Hey, I want my money. And then you can be like, you know what? No, I'm canceling that contract. I'm done with it. I don't need you anymore. Sayonara. And so that's another one of the pieces that I think works really, really well. There's so many expenses when you first start this that you realize I don't need this expense or I could maybe find a different way to do this where I'm not spending as much because what you're doing is you're trying to cut back um, your spending. And so I love that to be able to have that accountability there. And that makes it easy because then you're physically talking to these people and you know which ones they are when they call in. So that's, that's a really great idea. Ongoing budget, it seems to me, Chris, that that's what Profit First is. You're allocating percentages of your income, but you're really do the allocation is a budget. But it's a budget based on your income. And, and so, you know, people say budget, people see allocations, but I think that's a real important piece is it's, it's, a, it's a budget based on your income. So as your business grows and your company grows, you have more funds to allocate to there or to do other things. Um, it's, yeah, it's a budget. It's a great budgeting tool. And, you know, most shop owners are not the great budgeters. Let's, you know, let's be honest with that. They're um, technicians that are really, really great with working on cars, but they're, um, they need help with training and they're not the best with people. If they were better with people, they probably be, wouldn't, wouldn't be working on cars. It makes so much sense. If the business isn't growing, there is less money to spend on things, all those things. And I think it's a hell of a discipline and almost a weight for the owner to carry. And I'm not saying that we all need any more stress, but if they're not making the phone ring and they're not running an efficient business, then they're, they're going to hurt. I mean, it's because, you know, it goes back to this whole thing, Danielle, when you said the general fund, we, you know, all of our mistakes come out of the general fund and then we end up becoming hurt for it and in debt. And people are calling us all the time. You can't meet payroll. You can't pay sales tax. And then we wonder, what the hell did I decide to get into business for? I'm so terrible at it. 
they would never say that in public, but, you know, one-on-one FaceTime at the morning mirror with a toothpaste that we're squeezing so little at the end, we're saying to ourselves, you know, I, I, I failed, but no, we've just not known. There's a saying, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Until you find a better plan and implement it, you know, you're going to stick to what's easy. And, I, and I'll tell you what, the uh, profit first is not easy in the beginning because that's why they talk about making the small allocations and the small things. If, if I came to you and was like, okay, you have to cut your operating expenses by 15%. You're paying yourself too much. Your payroll is too high. That's just overwhelming. But once you put it into a process to where you can see all that and where you can feel it, when you sit there and see that account go smaller and feel it, it gives you a process and procedure for handling your money. So as a profit first professional, Chris, you may sit down with someone and recognize all that you just mentioned, right? You're paying too much, you're doing all this stuff, but you still let the smaller allocations start. And over time, the owner says, ooh, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing that wrong. So is it a self-realization? Yeah, it's, you know, in coaching, self-realization is the best way. I mean, I can I can beat you on the head. I've been doing this for 25 plus years. I've seen a lot of good shops. I've seen a lot of bad shops. But until you have that aha moment, that's when it gets becomes real for you and where you want to move the needle. You know for sure, Chris, that along the way, as you're implementing Profit First, and I would love Kenny and Danielle to chime in on this, you may lose a person or two in the company because of the things that you discover. Yeah, in the company and in your business circle too, because you're going to have a you're going to have a bank that may not be on board with it. And you know what? That's okay if they go away. Um, when you grow your business, people are going to come in and out at different levels of your business that they will only take you so far. And if they're not willing to grow and move forward, then it's okay for them to go away. And it can be a banker. It can be an accountant. It can be a coach. You know, if, if I, if I can only take you so far and we're not moving forward, then it's time for me to kick rocks and move on. Um, but unfortunately too, there are people in your business. Maybe you're having a productivity issue. Maybe you're having employee issues. And if you're sitting there, uh, normally we start out at about 30% with our payroll. And if your payroll is running 34, 35% and your productivity is a shop is like 60%, then you have to really, really look at that and be like, do I need these people? Do I need to retrain these people? You know, how, how, how do we go? And then in the end, you might find out that some of those people need to go away. I've experienced that with um, not necessarily directly from profit first, but in a business, how you kind of can outgrow, like Chris was talking, outgrow people or other businesses that have helped you get to where you are. Um, and so I agree with that. I think there does come a time where you may need to seek you know, other advice or other people or other staffing, however that looks. So yeah, I agree. You know, I have a bookkeeper on staff now, which I didn't have in the past. Um, she's been with me for probably six or seven months now. And when I implemented Profit First, it was confusing at first to her as it was with me. But now it's exciting because when we do sales tax, it's like, oh, yep, I got the money. Let's just write the check right now. It's not a big deal. You know, and same thing with the parts. Yeah, we've got the money in the parts account. Let's just write the check for the parts right now, you know, and and uh, pay, you know, pay that. Where before it might have been like, well, I, you know, I got payroll coming off. We got to be careful and things like that. But that money's already, you know. The payroll account is the payroll account and the parts account is the parts account. Thank you for that. One of the quotes from the book uh, from Mike and the book Profit First, by the way, it's uh, I have a books page on my website and you could you could find it and click there and, and get the book. And again, I think everyone here recommends you read this book. It may it just may change your life. Uh, Mike says profit is not an event. It is a habit. So my question 
here I'm a shop owner. I'm living my world out of my general fund, the gas for the boat at the lake, and some of the things you guys had mentioned before. I want to drive toward what real profitability means in a company, and that is we are talking so much today on the podcast in and trending and with so many people I know about succession and trying to acquire, you know, you you mentioned that Kenny's looking to add bays. Well, Kenny may be looking to add branches someday. And all of that is going to depending on the, the profitability of the company. So here I am living out of the general fund, squeaking by paying the bills almost every month. And somebody comes by to want to buy my business and they're going to offer me a percentage of EBITDA. Oh, there's a tough name to think about and worry about and go and see some of my other podcasts about what EBITDA is. We need to almost adopt this, and profit's not an ugly word. We need to be able to show it and maybe even pay a little taxes on the money we make because our life becomes more comfortable, um, you know, you're happier. You're actually making money. And as you said, Danielle, to reward all the work that you do. I couldn't agree more. I just think, you know, a lot, so many people, and we were guilty of this. You wait until April of the year after you have to figure out how well you were doing that or how well you did that year. How nice would it be to start 2020 knowing this is going to be your profit for the year? I mean, it just, it just makes so much sense. Instead of doing it backwards, why don't you do it forward and know what your business will produce? And then like you said, if you decide to sell it or start another location, you have those numbers that you know are possible. Because again, you can't get any more toothpaste out of that tube. So you have to make adjustments. Your business can survive if you cut your expenses and you can keep the profit that you allocated. So it's just, it makes more sense. It seems like you're doing it the right way instead of backwards. So it's, it's a big change, but it works. And then, you know, you'll know for that year, how profitable you're going to be. I want to touch on something Danielle said, she said 2020. Can you guys believe it's 2020? <laughs> I mean, 2020 is here. I mean, we're almost into the last quarter of 2019 and 2020 is on the doorstep. If you are out there and 2019 maybe didn't go so good, now's the time to start preparing for 2020. If you read profit first, do whatever, go to a World Pack training event that's coming up here soon with me. If you start it now, implement it, you'll be through that first quarter of the rough work and 2020 you'll start and you'll have your second quarter of allocations and 2020 will be your best year ever ever yeah i know i would agree with that 100 percent um you know with the growth we've had and everything like that but um it's it's made it good and one of the things you talked about was you know a second location and that's definitely been a goal of mine and i keep telling my team we're not going to even look for a facility until we get certain levels of reserves in the bank and certain things are, are paid for and paid off. And that's what we're working towards now. And so our goal next year, uh, maybe this time next year, start looking for another facility and, and then grow that up, you know, and that's, that's been a goal of mine. Reserves. Isn't that a cool concept? Right. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. And, and, and again, it goes back to uh, lenders will help you grow but they've got to see that you have a successful, disciplined business of profitability. And buyers, when they come by, they'll pay you a premium if they don't have to resurrect your business and you're already making money. And, you know, the thing I love about Kenny and, and Danielle, you're, you're young, so you've got, you've got opportunity to buy 
And, and since you run a smart business, you'll be able to make a smart decision on buying a profitable business. And you'll probably say to yourselves, I don't want to buy a dead business. I, I, you know, I want to buy a profitable business. Why? Even though I may pay more for it, I know I can get my money back in five years because I'm, I run a great and disciplined company. What Chris was talking about, I started Profit First last fall. So I had the last quarter of 2018 and 2019, I'm living proof, has been our best year in business. I mean, it works. It definitely works. I would say make the decision and commit to the process. It's, it's like anything. First of all, you have to be committed. So you want to figure out you want to do it, come up with a strategy and start implementing it. And that'll make you more successful. Accountability, commitment. It's there. There are people in the industry willing to help you. And if you can't figure it out on your own, reach out to somebody. They're more than happy to help. I would say, um, you know, yeah, work for it. I mean, it was really hard for me to get this set up and it took several months. Um, and even one point, the bank overdrew a bunch of the accounts that I never even had touched because there was a monthly fee um, because I carried less than my minimum balance. And I actually emailed them and I said, I don't think this is going to work. I'm going to go to a different bank. And they fixed it all. And, you know, it was a huge headache and a lot of time at the beginning. But now, like I said earlier in the call uh, conference, it was it's five minutes a day to switch it around. And I have all my accounts on my bank site labeled with the percentages mm -hmm. and labeled accordingly, you know, debt repayment and, and parts and all that stuff. So I know exactly what count what's and even my debit cards on the back of them are labeled with parts and stuff. So when I go to pay for something, you know, if I'm, you know, going to a special store or, or using, you know, buying a used part or something like that, I can just pull that card out and use it. Thanks for your honesty about the uh, the struggles to start up because anything new and I think something as as good as Profit First and, and as deep as Profit First is, is going to take some time and a commitment. Hey, thank you all so much for our Profit First Success Roundtable. Daniel Bowman from Highway 7 Service Center in Newell, Iowa. Kenny Wetlow from Fine Tune Auto in Broomfield, Colorado, and Chris Cotton, Certified Profit First Professional from Auto Fix SOS. Hey, thanks for being here. Start of a long weekend, the last week, big weekend of the summer. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 